Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We have another great show for you. It's an all-NCAA Division I lacrosse show. Last week, I spoke with Seattle men's head coach Liam Gleason in advance of the Saints' season opener last Saturday against LIU. The Capital Region's three other Division I teams open their seasons in the next few days. I'll speak with you, Albany women's head coach Katie Rowan Thompson, whose team starts play Saturday at Syracuse, and Seattle women's head coach Abby Rafus, whose Saints open Tuesday at Brown. The Albany men's team had a tumultuous 2019 season. The problem started when Tahoka Nanakoke, their top player from 2018, missed the fall practice in 2018 for personal reasons. And then he found himself in trouble briefly with the NCAA over liking a lacrosse company's post on Instagram. The Great Danes went 5-9, and nine, including a 4-3 and three mark in America East play. The Great Danes were eliminated in the America East semifinals by Vermont. I spoke with Great Danes head coach Scott Marr about the team, which opens the season Saturday when they host Cornell. Marr is ready to put the 2019 season behind him. Scott, uh, welcome aboard to the Party Shots podcast. Glad to have you on. Awesome. Nice to be with you, Ken. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's hard to believe Saturday you're hosting Cornell at home, and uh, how, how excited are you to get the season going? I uh, can't wait, to be honest. can't wait. It's been a long time, you know, since our last game, and... Uh, Really, just looking forward to getting this group out. It's been a been a fun year so far for us uh, since September. Uh, the team is really gelling pretty well in our preseason, and uh, honestly, just excited to have our first uh, first ever home game, uh, a home opener. So, uh, you know, we've never we've never had an opportunity to play at home uh, in our first game, so it's just pretty exciting. I mean, is that uh, get the, the guys uh, really? Yeah, you said excited. I mean, how pumped up are they to get going here? Yeah, I mean, for one, we love playing at home. Uh, we love our fans. You know, we, we, we really have some great support uh, from, from our local people and uh, and our family and, and just friends of the program. But, uh, yeah, just again, like uh, like I said, just we've been, we've been itching really since the end of last year uh, to get back on the horse and, and try to improve upon uh, what we did last year. So, um, you know, guys are, guys are pretty excited. Like I said, had a really good uh, preseason so far. We've had a couple scrimmages that thought we played well. Um, so, you know, we're ready. We're certainly ready to roll. Yeah, I was talking to Liam Gleason uh, last week on the podcast, and, he, and I, I, mentioned, I mentioned him. It seemed like the lacrosse season is starting earlier and earlier each year. I mean, you'll start in the middle of February. They played last Saturday. It's just, I mean, it seems like it's getting to be a longer season. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think with the expansion of, uh, of, of teams that are in Division One, uh, the location of some of the teams, I think some of our southern schools have really pushed this uh, – Early stuff, you know, guys, and you know, have teams come down south and play down there because they say it's warmer and all that good stuff. But yeah, I, I think it's a little early. You know, I'd, I'd rather be uh, opening up in probably the first weekend in March. I think would be great. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. It's been like this probably for the past, uh, you know, really probably the past five to seven years where we've been playing in, in February. So uh, last season, I guess we, I, mean, I guess the best way to say it was kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of I guess distractions, uh, you know, the team stumbled a little bit. Obviously, uh, the situation with uh, uh, Nanako, uh 
but the, how, what did you learn from last year, the whole, that whole situation? Well, I think you learn a lot about your group, uh, you know, when, when things don't go well, you know, and, and why they don't go well. But, uh, you know, we, we really got uh, we, we really got a lot of guys, a lot of experience. Um, you know, the team last year uh, was really comprised of, of, of uh, sophomores and juniors who, who really hadn't played much uh, to that date. And uh, so we, you know, we were, we were doing a lot of new things. We had a lot of, lot of new personnel to try to get uh, together and, you know, we had our ups and downs with injuries and, and uh, guys being out of the lineup, which didn't help. But, uh, you know, I think we learned a tremendous, a lot, you know, tremendous amount about how to compete, you know, that these guys uh, who are playing now, again, have a year under their belt. And, and uh, you know, they're, they've matured. You know, now we're, now we're juniors and seniors who are playing uh, a lot of those same guys. And, and they understand what it takes to play, uh, to play the schedule we play. You guys are picked third in the American East poll, which is very unusual for the for the Great Danes. Is that motivation for this team? Uh, yeah, I guess in a way. Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't really talked about it much. I don't think I've addressed it with the team. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, I think it's it's right where we should be. Like you know, going off of last year's performance and and going into the season. You know, I'm, I'm fine with being, you know, wherever we are. And then preseason stuff is preseason. You know, once the games start being played, it doesn't really matter. So, uh, you know, we, we got a lot in front of us. We had an opportunity to uh, to come back this year and get ourselves back in the playoffs. Uh, where's, I mean, with, with uh, Tahoka, I mean, what, everything good with him now? Is he back to where he was uh, a couple years ago? I'm sorry, can you say that again? Yeah, uh, with Anacoke, I mean, how is he mentally and physically? Uh, is, I mean, is he back to where he was uh, two years ago? Yeah, we like to think so. You know, he's been he's been with us all year. You know, he started September, and uh, you know, he's in great shape. He's hit the weight room religiously uh, all fall and into the spring. And, uh, you know, just just uh, again learning from last year and, and some things that he did poorly. Uh, he didn't. He's not doing that right now. Um, you know, so he, he learned he learned a lot from watching film and, and again just and just again just general growth. Uh, you know, going you know, and having to be that guy, uh, you know, pressure on him to be the man after Fieldy left and you know, just just was uh, was a tough year for him when, when he missed the whole fall. So, um, we feel really good about where he's playing right now between him and Jacob Patterson and we added uh Graydon Hogg as a freshman, he's tremendous and Corey Young as a sophomore, so you know, we feel really good about how our attack is playing overall. What is, is Jacob Patterson's status right now? Because I guess he has uh, a little bit of an injury. Uh, uh, but uh, I know Adam Schindler's story a couple weeks ago mentioned that he was going to sit out the first uh, preseason scrimmage. What is his status? Yep, Jacob's full go. He's been practicing this last week, and uh, he looks great. Like I said, we're just trying to get our chemistry down a little bit with Jacob and, and, and Auger. They really haven't played much together. Uh, seeing that Jacob missed most of the fall spring here, but um, they're, they're starting to fit together pretty well, and, and uh, you know, Jacob's a tremendous talent, you know, Jacob can score, he can feed, he's uh, very athletic, so, uh, you know, I think between him and Hogs and, uh, and Hogger, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, the three of them are, are pretty dangerous together. Yeah, Jacob ended up winning the American East Offensive Player of the Year last year. How important was that for him to, you know, emerge uh, as, as the uh, leader of the team last year? Yeah, I think 
for his confidence, it, it definitely did. You know, I think I think he took on a little bit more of the leadership role on the offensive end, and and uh, and really was our go-to guy when we needed something. We you know we gave the ball to him, and uh, I think the key is now is that the guys around him have grown, you know, and, and they've matured, and, and like I said, just you know getting that full year under their belt and playing, and uh, just a different different understanding of the game this year than, than last. Who among the players uh, has really performed that uh, in this you know, that you've been impressed with in the in the preseason that could uh, maybe surprise some people? I think uh, Michael Kozar is a defenseman. Um, Stephen Coombs is a defenseman. Tanner Hay, uh, you know, Stephen started last year. Michael and Tanner will be starting for the first time. Um, you know, they're, they're all three of them have, have really had a good preseason. Uh, again, unknown type guys. Um, you know, look at, uh, like I said, Corey Yunker on the attack, Graydon uh, Hogg, Graydon's a freshman, Corey's a sophomore. Uh, the two of them are, are really uh, are really doing a nice job. And then, you know, Peter Schwab and, and, and Ash and uh, Bradley are two guys uh, at the midfield who were, were pretty consistent for us last year, but uh, have been a really good a good pair, uh, you know, at our midfield this, this spring so far. How about goaltending-wise? What are things looking like, uh, like there? <laughs> Well, I think Nate, Nate's a big kid. Uh, again, uh, a full year of starting under his belt last year. He's coming in with more confidence this year. Uh, you know, played, played well for us in the, uh, in the fall. So he's done, done a nice job so far in the springtime. But, uh, you know, Nathan's our number one guy right now. And then uh, Tommy Heller's a, a freshman, uh, a lefty, lefty uh, goalie. So Nathan being right-handed, Tommy being left-handed gives us a little bit of a combination there, but uh, the only two guys we have, our third guy got hurt and had surgery, so we're, we're down to two goalies, uh, so the two of them are going to you know, do the best they can, but uh, you know, Nate, Nate certainly proved himself, he's a senior, uh, and he's, uh, you know, he's ready for a big year. I know coaches don't like to look ahead at the schedule, but you can't help but notice on April 3rd that Syracuse is making its first ever visit to UAlbany. How exciting is that to have the Orange come uh, to uh, Tom and Mary Casey Stadium. Yeah, it, it is, uh, you know, again, it's certainly down the road for us, but you, you can't help but uh, you think of how much fun that's going to be and how exciting it's going to be for our community. You know, I've been talking with Coach Desco for years about getting over here and, and how much, uh, you know, how much of a benefit it will be for our youth programs and, and for our people here in, in the Albany area to see to see Syracuse, uh, you know, play against us and, and see a high-level Division One game and you know, it's, uh, it's it's super exciting. I mean, it's, it's going to be packed house. I certainly think we're going to sell some, uh, you know, we'll sell some serious tickets for that game, and, and it should be uh, should be front burner as usual. Well, Scott, appreciate a few minutes. Uh, good luck this season. Good luck this Saturday against Cornell, and uh, yeah, we'll talk down down the road. You got it, kid. Thanks so much for having me. UAlbany women's lacrosse head coach Katie Rowan Thompson joins me next. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Hi, this is Will Brown, head coach of the UAlbany men's basketball team. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back on the Parting Shots podcast, my next guest begins her second season as the UAlbany women's lacrosse head coach. She guided the Great Danes to a 6-1 America East Conference record and an 11-7 overall mark. The Great Danes reached the America East Tournament Championship game following the Stony Brook. 
UAlbany opens its season Saturday at Syracuse. Here is head coach Katie Rowan Thompson. Katie, uh, thanks for coming on the uh, Party Shots podcast. Uh, how are things going? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, things are going great. We are gearing up for our opener on Saturday against Syracuse, and the team is really energized and excited to get going. I mean, you know, the fact you're here is mid-February. Is it, it's, it seems like I, I, we were just chatting before we uh, went on the air here that the fact it seems like the season – Lacrosse season is getting starting earlier and earlier. I mean, we looked the Siena men just start this past Saturday, and it's just, it's just becoming a longer season. Yeah, absolutely, it is. It is a long season. We're starting early February. Um, February seventh is the first first day on the women's side that we can begin games. Uh, so we had a, a scrimmage this past weekend against Cornell, and uh, gives us uh, some some time and opportunity to work through some kinks as we prepare for our, uh, you know, official season opener. What uh, kinks did you think you need to work out heading into the uh, season opener at Syracuse? <clears throat> yeah, it's just like playing against a new team and uh, working through all uh, substitutions and, um, you know, just, you know, facing adversity through a game and, and making adjustments and, and just getting used to some of that those situations. Um, that you um, that you space in in games, so so it was really good, and and we're ready to to begin on Saturday. I mean, you're returning 32 players from last year's team that got to the American well, East Conference Final. I mean, this veteran team there. I mean, how important is that heading into the season? Oh, it's it's awesome. We, um, you know, the experience is just tremendous, and uh, we have 12 seniors, so they. Uh, have really grown and matured and are fabulous leaders on the team. Uh, and, you know, the underclassmen are are really stepping up in, in different situations. So um, it, it's really nice to have that experience and the extra chemistry. They're, they're used to playing with each other. They know, uh, you know, each other's tendencies and what each other likes to do on the field, and they really complement each other through their play. And your big point uh, producers are coming back. Uh, yeah, Sam Tortora. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. yeah, she's coming back. Madison Conway, Kyle Sapolsky, uh, Kendra Harbinger, Haley Carroll. I mean, you know, three, yeah, three players there score over 40 goals. Uh, is this team going to continue that offensive production with those five? Yeah, I, I, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, and I hope so. But no, they are. Um, they're really, you know, clicking, and uh, you know they they just really read each other well, and and like I mentioned, they complement each other, um, and they're they're really supportive of each other. Uh, they um, they want the best for each other, and um, they're very team oriented. Uh, so we really want all seven, um, you know, offensive players on the field to be a threat at all times, and. Uh, you know, the group that we have um, does a really nice job with that, and, and we have, have some depth um, in each position as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you have these goals going, I mean, is, is it important for them to attack uh, when they have the ball and just, you know, try to, try to uh, you know, put the opposition down early? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we really want to set the pace um, each game and, and attack. Uh, you know, we, we like to play fast, so... Uh, you know, pushing those fast breaks, and uh, they have great, great ball movement and vision of each other. Uh, you know, 
we don't always just have uh, people that are, you know, goal scorers and dodgers, but we also have people that love to feed and cut. So, um, yeah, they just work really, really well with each other. Is there somebody from, you know, played last year who's seen improvement in, uh, in the preseason here? Uh, you know, one of the, um, you know, I would say Julia Imbo has really, um, really grown this past year. Uh, she really began to um, come into her own at the, um, you know, second half of last season and really seeing great things from her so far. So, you know, she's uh, someone that, you know, you haven't mentioned that's, um, you know, really, really stood out to us early on. Goaltending wise, uh, Georgia uh, Schneider, um, Schneiderite. Uh, what is yeah? You know, what's her? Yeah, obviously she's played well. I mean, you expect great things from her again this season. Yeah, you know we have um, we have a lot of depth in our goalie position. We have four goalies this season, and we have two seniors that both um, have had a lot of game experience. Uh, you know, Georgia was our starter last year, but Erin Lankhart has also. Um, started her freshman and sophomore year for most of the season. So, you know, we have um, two great goalies and leaders um, between the two of them. So really um, expecting them both to contribute at that position. Of course, you guys were selected to finish second in the America East in the preseason coaches poll. Uh, Stony Brook, uh, again, you know, they're, they're the United picked to finish first. What is it going to take uh, you guys played them in the championship game last year in the American East uh, tournament. What is it going to take to knock them off? Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're a really talented team, and um, they play with really um, great confidence. Um, you know, they um, they believe they're gonna they're gonna win every game that they step into. And um, I think if we too have have that mindset, you know, we've really been working on that championship mindset and. Um, you know, working on our mental training. Uh, so I just think um, with our experience and, and leadership and, and mindset going into um, a game like that and, and the belief in ourselves and each other, then that's um, really going to be a great tool for us to help, um, you know, create success. I mean, I, I follow you know, both men's and women's lacrosse, and I, I cover a couple of women's lacrosse games. I've always wondered, I mean, this might be a silly question, but why don't the women wear helmets as opposed to the men? It seems like it'd be a, it should be like a safety issue. Yeah, you know, they're they're very um they're very different games. Um we're we're still very physical, but just the way that the rules are written, um you know, it's we're not ready for for helmets yet. Um with uh like I said, with the rules, um, the goggles um, should provide a lot of safety. Um, so uh, there's just a lot of differences between between the two games. Yeah, I've always found that fascinating. I don't know why. It just it seems like you know, I, I, I always wonder why because we were you know especially in this day and age we're worried about uh, head injuries and all that stuff. You think of you know maybe it's time for uh, the NCAA maybe come down and say look we better put helmets on the on the women just to if as a precaution. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm a proponent of the goggles. I'm not ready to, to move to helmets yet. But uh, yeah, you know, we we believe that if if the rules are played and, and they they um, you know played with with the safety of others, then um, the goggles are are sufficient and and effective. What's it going to take to beat uh, Syracuse on Saturday? Um, you know, a little bit with 
what I was just talked about, which is having, you know, a really great mindset going into the game. Um, but, uh, you know, lacrosse-wise, draws are going to be really big for us. Um, they, um, you know, just competing with them on the draws and gaining those possessions. Uh, they have a lot of offensive powerhouses, so um, the, the more possession we have and limiting their opportunities, uh, the better, better chances that we'll have. Well, Candy, appreciate a few minutes talking uh, you Albany women's lacrosse. Hopefully, good luck for the season, and uh, you bring home an American East Championship, get to the NCAA tournament. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Up next is Seattle women's lacrosse head coach, Abby Rafus. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Hi, this is Harborside Hal Wafer. I'm the manager of the River Sportsbook at Rivers Casino and Resort. Now, it's always a winning bet to listen to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back. The Seattle women's lacrosse team will be the last Capital Region Division I squad to open the season. The Saints start Tuesday at Brown. They were 12-7 last season, including an 8-3 mark in the MAC. They lost the MAC title in overtime to Fairfield. It's an exciting time for the Saints and their head coach, Abby Rafus. Well, Abby, thanks for coming on the podcast to talk about the Seattle women's season. Ken, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, good. I'm glad you're excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, you guys don't open until Tuesday. Uh, how much are you guys uh, uh, getting ready, getting chomping at the bit to get going here? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely really excited. Um, you know, we've had a great preseason so far. It's been a little bit long. We had the girls come back January 15th, so we've kind of had a steady month here to prepare for our first game. But, you know, once the season gets rolling and it's underway, uh, you know, we're playing a, a Saturday-Wednesday schedule for the most part. So, you know, once once we hit, you know, the ground running with Brown on February 18th, things get moving pretty quickly from there. So, you know, we're getting ready for Brown, but we're also preparing for the entire season. So, you know, things have been looking good so far, and girls are definitely, I think, excited now that, you know, the game is within sight and we're ready to go. Yeah, I've been mentioning to some of the other coaches, and I think my listeners will probably get tired of me saying this. It just seems like the cross season starting in February just seems – you know the way, you know, the way the weather can be with you know cold, you know with snow and you know cold weather. It's just yeah. You know, how, how I mean, how crazy is it to you know, to play games in uh, those kind of conditions this early in the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously being in the Northeast, um, you know, we we have to battle a lot of different winter elements that are thrown at us, and so far it's been it's been pretty good. We've had some um, pretty good weather through January, through the beginning, uh, early stages of February now. So fingers crossed that, you know, the winter, the winter, you know, continues to be fairly mild for us. But um, in terms of the elements, you know, most of our kids are from the Northeast anyways, so everyone's pretty accustomed to it. And, uh, you know, we have a tough bunch, so the weather doesn't really, you know, it, it's not an extra obstacle for us. Well, you guys got to the MAC tournament championship game last year and a tough overtime loss to Fairfield. How much yep. motivation has this been in the off season to you know to get back to the you know, try to get back there and, and try to win it this year? Yeah, I mean it certainly provides a ton of motivation. Um, I think last year was a 
really successful year for our program in, you know, more ways than just one. Obviously, we accomplished a lot of things that I don't think many people expected from us, um, but that we always expected from ourselves. And so I think last year was, um, you know, it was, it was tough, obviously, losing the way that we did. But I think it really has just reinvigorated the energy behind our program, and it's just instilled this new um, belief within our team about what we're capable of accomplishing when, you know, we're willing to put in the work and the time and the dedication that it takes to be a successful athlete and a successful program. So, um, you know... Obviously, there are, you know, some, some bitter memories from last season the, with the way that it ended, but we're using that as positive fuel for the fire, um, you know, starting off the 2020 season. Yeah, obviously, it's, you know, it starts with Kerry uh, Garrity, uh, from the junior from Gilderland. She had a great season last year, 72 points and 41 goals and 31 assists. Uh, just talk about her style of play and what she's meant to the program. Uh, I mean, I, I only have great things to say about Carrie. Um, Carrie is one of the most well-balanced, um, all-around um, athletes that I've ever had the privilege of, of coaching. Um, for her to be at 41 goals, 31 assists, just, just speaks to, you know, offensively, she's not just a dodger, she's a feeder as well. She is a constant dual threat. And then on top of that, um, she also had 104 draw controls last year, which, you know, in our game, draw control is that 50-50 possession, um, that, you know, that starts off after a goal or starts the game off. And um, for Terry to be just the, the the presence that she was for us on the circle and be picking up 104 draw controls on top of being a two-way midi and on top of being our offensive leader, um, I think just, you know, speaks volumes about what she's capable of doing. And, you know, we still feel like as a coaching staff, she has a little ways to go before she hits her ceiling. So um, we've been working a lot with her on, um, you know, varying up the um, – different, you know, her range for shooting, um, where she's able to um, play from on the offensive end, whether it's down low, it's on the wing, it's up high, whether it's inside as well. And then, you know, we're, we're brushing up on her defensive skills too, but she is a true two-way midi for us, and she, she does everything for the program. So uh, she means a lot to us, and she works really, really hard, and she's just a great teammate. So, like I said, only, only positive things to say about her. Yeah, Michael Kelly wrote a story, our sports editor, uh, last month on her, uh, talking about the play uh, in overtime where she she slipped, lost control of the ball, and ended up uh, leading to the uh, game-winning goal for Fairfield. And she said in the uh, to Michael that that play replays in my mind all the time. But uh, Michael writes that that was delivered. That line was delivered with a smile. I mean, it seems like yeah, she yeah, it was a tough tough situation for her. But yeah, it seems like she's learned from it. She's yeah, going to be motivated by that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I've said this to Carrie, I've said it to the team, I'll say it to anyone who asks me. Um, you know, it was unfortunate, obviously, that she fell and that the, the game-winning goal resulted, uh, you know, from, from that broken play. But at the end of the day, you know, Carrie's our go-to player, and I put the ball on her stick 100 times over. Um, again, uh, we, we have the utmost confidence and trust in her. And so, you know, Carrie was the one who got us to that point of being in overtime. So it was unfortunate that that error happened there, but it happens. And Carrie's just a very mature um, person and athlete. And I think, you know, obviously once kind of the bitterness of that moment faded, she's been able to um, – 
kind of look at that moment and and uh, extract some some positive um, you know motivation from it, and just being like, you know what, that's what happened. This is how I correct it, and uh, you know, using that as fueling your fire, whether it's in conditioning or you know, in her really working on her offensive skill sets. Um, so she's definitely used that as as her motivation going forward for 2020. And honestly, mistakes happen, and it's done and over with. Yep. I should mention that the two other, you know, pretty good goal scorers are coming back too. Nicole McNeely uh, led the team with 46 goals, and uh, Caitlin Dowsett had 45. So it seems like you, the offensive attack is, is going to be there again this year. Yeah, we return um, just about everybody, um, especially on the offensive end. So Nicole McNeely had a great breakout year for us last year, as did Caitlin Dowsett. Um, and we had a very well balanced attack last year, and we're hoping for the same thing again. Season. Goaltending wise, though, Sammy Horton uh, graduated. What's the situation going to be there? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, um, when, when, with Sammy graduating, that, that's a huge void in and of itself. Sammy was a great, great, you know, teammate and obviously a great goalie. She was our program's first Mac goalie of the year. Um, and she just had a phenomenal senior season. But, you know, in her absence, we were able to pick up. Um, junior transfer, Allie Mervine from University of Oregon, and right now she'll, she's looking to be our starter come Tuesday, and she's been practicing really well. She had a great fall. She's having a great preseason so far. Super fundamentally sound, and she's one of our best athletes on the roster as well. So, um, you know, I think while Sammy definitely left big shoes to fill, Allie's really stepping up. You added uh, 12 players to the program this, for this season, 11 freshmen, and uh, a transfer of uh, Hannah Field, a Catholic Central High grad who was at Bryant. Uh, what of, of the, these players that are coming in? Who, is there anybody out there that's really uh, got your attention? Um, yeah. So so far, you know, we have a big freshman class that's coming in, but really like uh, Amanda Neiman, she's down on the attacking end for us. She's a uh, Gilderland graduate. Um, so right now, through the preseason, she's been playing really, really well, very solid, uh, meshing really well with our starting attack. And then also really like Kendra McCall. Uh, she's hailing from the Syracuse area. Uh, she's playing defense for us, and she's just a great transitional player. Um, and has really just, from the, from the time that she came to campus in September through now, her IQ and just her skill set have really skyrocketed. Um, so really like them. And then Hannah coming in in January from transfer from Bryant. Hannah's been, you know, really learning our defensive set. She's had a transition from, you know, being at Bryant where things were done one way to kind of coming in here and picking up things very quickly. Um, but, you know, she's been able to do that, and she just puts in a tremendous amount of work in her own time. And, you know, she's, she's been setting a great example for the team. She's, she's matched really well so far. You guys are picked to finish third in the uh, preseason coaches poll, but only one point out of first place. Uh, does that is that is that motivation? Uh, it is, but at the end of the day, and we we talk about this as a team, um, preseason polls to us are meaningless. Last year we were picked to finish seventh, and obviously that wasn't how the season finished. So this year we could be picked to finish third, um, and. It doesn't matter. We have to go out there and we have to prove ourselves. And obviously our ultimate goal is to finish the season first. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to earn everything. And we try not to pay too much attention to that because that's just noise at this point. 
Well, I, I talked to Katie Rowan uh, Thompson over at UAlbany the other day, and this is a, this is something I you know I've followed across uh, for a while, and I've always wondered why the women's programs do not wear helmets. Like, I know they wear the goggles, but is, is, is there a safety issue with which that shouldn't there be some concern? I know you, there's only certain ways you're allowed to score, but in the it's a, the, the ball's not that soft. So I mean, is there, is there any worry about that? Um, from my perspective, I I don't see the worry for it because the injuries that we experience most often are not concussions, they're ACL injuries. Um, so in, in my time here being at Siena, and so in the past three years, we've had one concussion, um, and that's been with our goalie who is wearing a helmet. Um, so, you know, I think that when people are watching the game and they see, you know, sticks swinging or balls being shot, they're like, wow, you know, girls should be wearing the helmet same as the men. But the women's sport is intended to be more of a finesse game than a physical game the way that the men's is structured. And, um, you know, like I said, we just don't experience the concussion injury to the same magnitude that we experience other injuries. Um, so I, I don't see a necessity for it, and I also think if, if we trend towards wearing helmets, I think the game just gets more physical. Um, so I, I like where it's at right now, and I, I like that there's the option for players who do feel safer to wear the helmet, or if they've had you know previous head injuries in the past, they want to wear it. Um, that's fine, but I, I'm not right now in favor of mandating you know entire teams to have to wear one. Well, Abby, appreciate a few minutes. Uh, good luck this season, and uh, we'll obviously we'll be following you as the season progresses. Thanks. Appreciate it. Back to wrap up the podcast in just a moment. Podcast. If you're a college hockey fan, look for my weekly ECAC hockey faceoff selections at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. You can participate in the faceoff selections by emailing your picks to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Union hockey beat writer Mike McGadden joins me for the next College Hockey-Centric Podcast on Friday, February 14th. We will look ahead to the Union Men's Road Games against Cornell and Colgate. I'll speak with Union Men's Associate Head Coach Jason Tapp about becoming a U.S. citizen. If you have questions about Union Hockey, Mike and I will answer them. Send your questions a shot at dailygazette.com. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots Podcast. I'd like to thank Scott Moore, Katie Rowan Thompson, and Abby Rafus for coming on the show. The Parting Shots Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. 
If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schatz. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.